title of my sermon this morning is Masquerade. Masquerade. Masquerade means to pretend or even to hide, uh, uh, like a hidden meaning. Masquerade, just, just to clarify it, I know I put a subtitle. Masquerade, the voice, I mean the voice of God with the noise. Noise can be the noise of the world, noise of even sometimes our own belief that we think is right, but it's actually is not right. Okay, so I use the title Masquerade. So just remember the mask. What do you use the mask for? To cover what is real, what is true. And we want to unmask ourselves this morning. Okay, allow the Spirit of God to speak to us. Okay, this next slide. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is uh, one of the uh, uh, familiar words, I believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you look uh, at the screen there, it says here, For if someone comes to you and preaches another Jesus than the Jesus we preach, who is we? Church, who is we? Who wrote this book? Paul wrote this book. So when he says we, he's not talking about any pastors, current pastors. He's talking about we means the apostles. Be very careful. Eh? Because sometimes I can say, uh, for if someone comes to you and preach another Jesus than the Jesus we preach, which Jesus? Pastor Mike and my Jesus. It's also wrong. The we here in context is the apostles' teaching. Okay, so just take note. Okay, very important to say this. Or if you receive a different spirit from the Holy Spirit you receive. I like the NIV version and some Bible English version. The S is a big S. If you see in the Bible, there's a big S here. It represents the Holy Spirit. It's not talking about some funny spirit here. Okay? Holy Spirit. Or a different gospel than the one you accepted. That means when you first accepted Christ, that is the gospel. And Paul kind of scolded people. When people do all these funky things, eh, you put up with it easily enough. That means you just accept it. Paul is reminding the church that they even today be very careful which Jesus, which Holy Spirit, and which gospel are we living for. So do take note, include all of us. And then he says here, verse 13, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading, they mean pretending, as apostles of Christ, and no wonder why? Because Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servant, that means Satan's servant, also masquerades as servants of righteousness. That means those who pretend to be right, but actually is not, they are not. Now, I don't want to be overly critical here. Let's look into the context. In context, this is about false teaching, that means about cults. Cults means they have a wrong version of Jesus, God, Christianity, truth, our kingdom values, or even uh, uh, practices, and the life as a whole. Now, cult is very obvious. Eh? You know cult what is wrong. Now, there's another one that this, con this, this passage can also apply to the world. The world. When you look at Facebook, especially Instagram, there's a lot of good information actually, very good uh, information. But we need to be very careful. We need to filter through the Word of God. Sometimes things that sounds right may not be right. Things that sound good may not be beneficial. So do take note. Now, the world also have their opinion about Jesus, God, Christian faith, truth, values, and life. The world has their own opinion as well. And sometimes when you hear the opinion, it sounds right, one, but it may not be what God is trying to tell us in the Bible, and it's, it should be liberating. I don't believe that God, God, God's word is here to condemn us. It's also to liberate us, to be free to do what is right, to be free to be more like Christ. That is the word of God. It's not to whack. Any one of you, you have been whacked. 
Any one of you, you accept Jesus uh, because the word of God wrecked you, then you go back to God. Even when my, when my first time I accept Christ, although God wrecked me, uh, it wasn't like a harsh, or you sinner, you good for nothing, you piece of... Censored? You think I go to God? Oh yeah, I'm very bad. I'm good for nothing. No. God's grace allowed me to see my ugliness. I'm so sick and tired of living my life for my own, so sick and tired of deciding what's right from wrong. I need a shepherd. I need someone to tell me, someone that I can trust, someone that won't harm me, someone who loves me, tell me what is true, teach me how to live, and then I follow you. Because I grew up in a broken family, I don't have a father, so I do not know what is right. Right is right, decided by me. And I was so tired. And when I first time accepted Christ, the grace of God broke me down. I accepted Christ this way. Although it's like beating, uh, it wasn't like the beat you up, you know. It was a sayang beat. It's the father beating like, hey, this is wrong. Your spirit is wrong. It's not true that you're not loved. You are loved. And then it got kind of the sayang beat. I don't know how to explain, no. It's like beat you, but actually God also sayang beat. Right? It's to bring you home, not to condemn you. So the word of God should be liberating. Uh. I don't believe what oh, the Bible says to rebuke. Not rebuke only, right? There's also other things. It's to liberate. It's to set us free, to bring us home. Okay, so just take note. I'm coming from that perspective. Now, this one, although it's addressing, in context, addressing the cults, it can also address to the world our worldly opinion. Sometimes, because we absorb so much, we don't know or no. It can sound right. We, we may be even living like that. I'll give you an example. Huh? This is wrong, huh? See, I'm so nice. I'll tell you this is wrong first, so you don't take it. You know, it's like a book of Job, you know. Already tell you what is right, wrong, and then the story continues. You remove the first chapter, you will think Job is wrong. You read the book of Job, it's very interesting. You remove chapter one, uh, you think uh, this Job uh, must be something wrong. Uh. But just in case we don't know how to read, God was very kind. Uh. He set up already, who said that Job didn't do anything wrong. Uh, Job didn't do anything wrong. All this happened to him for a reason. That's why chapter one, two is there. It's very interesting. But anyway, let's come back. Now, I give you something wrong. Uh. It sounds right, but wrong. Uh. You know, uh, there's, uh, sometimes you hear things like this. I'm here to please God, not please man. Sounds so cool, right? Sounds so righteous, right? I'm here to please, please God, not please man. I will preach the word of God and you, even you don't like it, you take it. Why? Because I'm here to preach God and I'm here to please God and not man. Sounds so cool, right? Sounds so, actually think carefully, eh? sounds so self-righteous, right? Although in context, eh, when this verse was taught, it was in a very hostile position. It's not in church, you know. In church, huh, people are more accepting of one another. Own people, man. The original context of it, it was in a hostile place where people are ready to kill you. And then, it says, I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please God and not please you. Because the message is good for your salvation. It's to save you. If it cost me my life to save you, so be it. Because the Lord, my God, laid down His life for you. That's the original context. Not now. This where all the what take the scripture, what the whack. Eh? Context. Do you realize that when we read the word of God in context, it's very, it makes sense, it's reasonable, and it's very liberating. Okay, I'm just giving an example. Now that one, can this one I'm using that as an example. You look at this one. Eh? It can be from a genuine believer, a believer who love God, who love God, but. Maybe they got distracted, got sidetracked by something that's not essential. They major on the minor. 
they major, we, sometimes not careful, we major on non-issues or we make something other than Christ himself the main message. And this is where I want you to come from so that you will, you will come from this uh, cult. I know what is cult. I know what is right from wrong. I, I know what is cult. But I want you to think sometimes it's the message of the world or genuine Christian, a good sermon. But maybe the angle a bit sidetracked. I was chatting with Pastor Mike and he says sometimes false teaching, people can identify. Those, especially those obvious ones. False teaching is easy to identify. But sometimes it's those messages. It's not false but it's misrepresented. It may not even be misinterpreted, it's misrepresented. Like just now, I'll give you an example. It sounds so harsh. It sounds right, it's in the scripture, but so harsh, wrong context. Misrepresent God. Okay, so just take note, like coming from that perspective. So with that said, I want to set the foundation. With that said, this scripture basically is telling us one thing. There's two opposing sides. There is such thing as true and false, authentic and counterfeit. Authentic behavior, counterfeit behavior. Authentic belief, which is the word of God, and counterfeit belief. Just take note, there's always two. So as I go on, take note, there's always these two points. Okay, I'm going to, my sermon only got two points, so don't worry. Huh? This is not like seven point sermon. Two points. Two points only. My first point is this. Point one. The next slide. Point one. Disconnect the noise from the voice. The noise, that means things that are not true, from the voice which is true, the word of God. Allow me to uh, lead you through this scripture to explain to you. Okay, just bear with me for a moment. This is taken from Matthew chapter 13. Allow me to read and you follow my train of thought. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven, the true church, is like a man, Jesus, who sowed good seed, the word of God, in his field which is the church. But while everyone was sleeping, that means Christians who are not diligent, his enemy came, that means Satan came, and sowed weeds among the wheat. Which, what is the weeds among the wheat? The false Christian among true Christian. Satan will, will bring about false Christian among true Christian and then went away. When the weeds sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. Uh, the next slide. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, Because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both of them grow. That means both Christian, a true Christian and false Christian, let them both of them grow until the harvest, the end times. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in a bundle to be burned. This group of people, burn them. False Christian, burn them. Then gather the wheat and bring it to my barn. Now, was the teaching clear? Church, was the teaching clear? Was the teaching clear? Everyone who believed that the teaching is clear, say amen. Good church. Was nice, right? We read Macham Yes, right? I talk like Macham Yes, right? That's false teaching. Some of you will be like, Alamak, this pastor say wrong thing. Ah. Now you relieve, like, it's false teaching. It's false teaching. It sounded true, but it's false teaching. How did I do, what did, 
where did I go wrong and how did I do it? That it was false, it's not true, not accurate. But when you hear, Macham yes, a hochi hai, you Macham yes, you will take it one now. Poetry is not. How? This is how I, this is how I did it. I show you the word of God. I show you, right? Very scriptural, Macham hochi hai. See, I put you context somewhere. I show you the word of God, but I add my own meaning and own description to it. To say what the word of God to say what I want the Word of God to say. I can use God's Word, one, but I can say what I want to say using God's Word. And sometimes if we listen to even good sermon, good preaching, we can just absorb why. If we don't have filter, it sounds right. Okay, let me show you the where, where it went wrong, okay? So don't worry. I'll do some teaching today here. Okay, now the next slide. Those are the symbols. Because parable, parable means story. Jesus told a story, Okay. And those are the symbols that he used and the meaning that I use. I put all this false meaning in to say that the sower means what, the field, the seed, the weeds mean what. So if you follow my train of thought, it actually sounds right, but it's not right. And this is what I want to say. Sometimes the noise sounds like the voice. Sometimes something that's off sounds like Jesus, but it's not Jesus. Satan not so stupid one. He won't come to you, ta -ta -ta -da, my name is Satan, I'm your enemy, I come here bluff you. No la, he's very smart, he just subtly, 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 subtly. If we think that no, I won't get cheated one. Our forefather, Adam and Eve also can, you think we are any better? Make sense? Adam or, Adam or, formed by the very hand of God. Also can kena bluff ah. Us leh, confirm without the word of God, uh, confirm without the spirit of God, we it's hard to discern. So take note, okay, we are not better than Adam. Not better than Adam. We come from him, uh, same one. Uh, okay? So don't set ourselves up too high. Oh, where was I? Okay. Now I just want to say one thing as I move on. Listen to this. Uh, the Bible is up to proper interpretation not personal interpretation. Let me repeat that again. The Bible is up to proper interpretation, not personal interpretation. Sometimes people say, the Bible is up to, uh, the Bible is up to interpretation, but in some sense, yes, but in some sense, no. Proper interpretation, yes. Personal interpretation, wrong. I cannot say what I want the Bible to say. Just take note. Okay? With that premise, this is what I want to say. The next slide. Do we listen to God's word enough? Do we read God's word? Do we listen to His Holy Spirit? Do we listen to His voice enough to be able to discern the noise from His voice? Even right now, if I show you what went wrong, the symbol is there, the meaning is there, it sounded right, but what went wrong? What is the true meaning of this parable? The next slide. The good news is this. Jesus didn't tell us a story and then say, you know what, up to your interpretation. No. When Jesus tells a story, he has a clear message to be understood and not misunderstood. When you tell a story, you want people to understand you, right? Same thing like Jesus. So Jesus actually, he told a parable and then he explained what it is. It's in the same chapter but lower down. In verse 36, he explained this. I think I will just leave it there rather than read to you. 
Okay, I'll just leave it there. You just, uh, just read for yourself. You look at the, how Jesus explained it. The one who sow is son of man. The field is the world, not the church. Good seed, people of the kingdom, weeds, people of the evil one. The enemy is devil. Harvest is the end of age. The harvesters are the angels. By the way, uh, this one, no, I say one, uh, you can open the Bible. This is, this is legit. Uh. I know just I bluff you one time, okay? Okay, the one for a demo only. Okay, but this one legit, one is real. Okay, it's actually in the Bible. This is in the Bible. That's why just now I put the bracket to show you that's my own meaning. But this one, this is what Jesus said. He gave a story. He explained his story. Okay, and uh, this is just the next slide. He, will, he actually laid down what happened during end time. He said, end time, there's only this happening. Not burn the false Christian. Take note, just I sound so harsh, right? Was in te- uh, intended one. Uh. God didn't say that. Burn all the non, uh, burn all the, all the, what a false Christian. The enemy is not the church. Lah. Can you hear me, right? The enemy is Satan, not the church. Don't fight among us. There's not Jesus' heartbeat. There's not. He came to save, not to condemn. You look over here. He says here, at the end, uh, there's only two groups of people. Those who follow him and those who choose not to follow him. That's all. If anyone says, yeah, don't believe in Jesus, go to hell. Why not loving one? No, 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 no. That's not the gospel. Do you know, we all know what the gospel is, right? The gospel is this. This is Pastor, this is Joshua. This is a bad boy. I do a lot of wrong things before. <laughs> a lot of wrong things. Okay, something is still in my memory, hard to get it out. So it can be very self-condemning, so I need to uh, uh, hold it there. Okay, I'm not proud of who I was last time. A lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, a lot of self-righteousness. I put myself up. Very painful inside. I'm on the way to hell. That's the gospel. I'm on the way to hell. On the way already went. Before Jesus even come to my picture, in my understanding, I'm already going to hell. Jesus said, Joshua, come back. It's not true that no one loves you. I love you. Get to know me. Hear my voice. The world condemn you. I don't. Come back. Come back to me. I'm on the way to hell. Jesus saved me. Have a relationship with me. He wants to bring me back to his house. Call heaven. That is the message of the gospel. It's not, don't believe in Jesus, go to hell. No. I'm already on the way there. On the way there, he helped me out. That is the message of the gospel. It's loving. It's kind. It's not the other way around. Amen? So when you preach, when you share the gospel, never start like that. You don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell. Okay? Jangan, just, just be kind to people and be kind to yourself. Okay? Now, this is actually the summary of that. God explained, end time, this will happen. And it's bad. And God says because of that, He wants to bring everyone back into the kingdom. And then He says, whoever has ears, let them hear. He gives you a choice. I'm already on the way to hell. God is speaking. I, I respond. I get saved. I don't. I go to where I choose to go to. It's my choice. You see how gentle God is? You want to reject me? can. I want to save you. Do you want me? Fine. It's okay. I'll do what I can. When they, they, but there's a timeline. He is so gentle, He allows us to have the free will. Okay? Just take note. That is the message. Now, I want to move on 
to one shot, you look at this. That was a symbol in the parable. And then the twisted truth, that means the first version I gave you, that means the bluff version is there. And this is truth not by me, by Jesus himself. It's actually in the Bible there. Now you compare, what did it go, where did it go wrong? You look carefully, eh? only the beginning and the end is accurate. Everything in the middle, I twist it. And you know what's the danger? It says the feel, eh? the feel to... This is a false, uh, the few is the church. In the church, there's false Christian and true Christian. Therefore, our, the one that we need to fight is who? The false Christian. That's a wrong teaching. That's a wrong teaching. We don't fight among ourselves. One family, we don't fight. We don't fight. What God is doing is not to attack the church. God is addressing the few as the world. For in, in God's eyes, there's only two, two categories of people. People of the kingdom, people of the evil one. And I want to save as many as I could. That's God's message. The world, people of the kingdom, people of the evil one. Not the church. The enemy is not the church. So when you come to church, right, these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. They are people who are as wrong as I am, but as safe as I am. We rejoice and we will worship here together. We come with the open up to one another. We are not suspicious. Are you? You false Christian, I true Christian, you false. Uh. They won't force uh. you. They won't didn't come for prayer meeting one. They won't uh, come for prayer meeting, uh, but outside, yeah, didn't pray one. Come pray. Uh. They won't, uh, they won't. Oh, and then we think we're doing God a favor, right? That's not the parable. God says there's no enemy in the church, only in the world. And those who are safe, the kingdom of the people is called the church. That is this parable about. This is what the parable about. Okay? Now, with this said, what am I trying to say in terms of application? The application is this. Are we able to discern what is wrong or conspiracy or, or misinterpretation of the truth? Are we able to discern it through good study and understanding of God's word? Are we able to recognize this one? Are we able to detect uh, which is the real, genuine voice of God and the word of God from what is off? And then, by the way, I'll give you one more tip. Uh, the voice of God and the word of God cannot contradict each other. Let me say that again. The voice of God, the one that you pray and you, you hear, the voice of God cannot contradict the word of God because they are spoken by the same person. The same God will speak to you through the Bible and will speak to you through the Holy Spirit. But it cannot contradict. Now, if you ever pray or someone talk to you and then you hear, it sounds super right, but it's not what the Bible says, false. False. You say, huh? Why? Huh? Because the word of God is written. It's something solid. Voice, huh? sometimes we can hear wrongly. Right? Sometimes it's our own voice. Especially, yeah, especially you know when or not. Either when you're looking for a job, or this are, these are especially true. And okay, maybe you apply to the younger one more because you are in this season. Huh? When you really like somebody, and then you want to pray whether this is the girl or the guy or not, or very hard to hear one. Why? Well, the girl keep laughing. Confirm, 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 you're not the only one. I shouldn't highlight that. Okay, so some of them are laughing already. True, right? It's so, so difficult. Why? Because emotions are involved. Our own will, our preference, our hope, our, our wish is there. It's very hard to discern clearly. It's the voice of God, our own voice. Why? Because our will is there. You think this don't happen to anyone? It happened to me in Bible college. Bible college, oh. You think I see this girl, well, very godly, uh, very nice, uh, in God, doing God's work, I think I don't like her. Uh. Know how hard or not to pray, God, 
not my will, but your will be done. If this cup is not from you, take it away. You think easy to pray. Ah? They see all the friends that get married, have children, buy car, buy house, and I still the emo alone. And then background, I've got the music, the OST, Korean soundtrack, you know. Emo, man. And then you pray. And then you hear God says, yeah, that's the girl. You think it's true, eh? So hard. That's why I didn't make the decision. I said, God, most likely, I feel conviction is you. La. My wisdom tells me most likely it's wrong. So I said, God, uh, let me just make friends first. And then no means no. Uh. Then really no. And the one that Anna Mary, I langsung tak pandang pun. I langsung tak tengok. You hear right through it. I langsung tak pandang. I almost, I almost miss my wife, you know. So what I'm trying to say is this. Sometimes, uh, we think it's from God, it's not from God. The only way to know, uh, you go back to the Word, the Bible. You go back to the Word, you listen to counsel. Those who are, you know, uh, trustworthy, in, they know the Lord, they, they don't know the Word. You seek counsel. You clarify. Don't just always pray, 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 pray. Sometimes what we pray, and God tells us, then we tutup. Because emotions get involved. So do take note. Don't say, oh, twisted truth, I know. But sometimes, something else creep in. You know, personal agenda, personal hurt, offense, it can creep in. We can fight. Do you know for me, uh, oh, I thank God, it's very easy to submit to my senior pastor because he's a rather humble type. He doesn't... I don't know how to explain. Uh. He gives me a lot of free hands, so it's very easy to submit. Do you know, right, if, what if I'm offended by my senior pastor? I say, this senior pastor, uh, so easy, and they sit there and they give instruction, but everything I do, all the credit he take. But I won't say like this, lah. maybe inside the heart, like, a little bit. Lah. Little bit lah. Maybe pretend. Lah. Okay? Our senior pastor is good, but he only say the word, I do the work. <laughs> I, I, it's not that I'm good, no? my senior pastor good, but there's the, the little but there. Personal offense, he can seep in, and that is our twisted truth. We think we are better. Now I give example, it becomes more real, right? It may not just be false teaching. Sometimes it's false behavior. And I can't say this, you know why? I was from, uh, I was from a church. Uh, it was an independent church, non-AG. I want to clarify first. I've got my license, AG. Uh. Somebody just recorded, no? Uh. Bahaya. AG, man, sorry. AG, good. <laughs> just in case. Uh. Joking, uh, joking. <laughs> I was from this independent church. By the way, the church closed down. Ah, clarify first. The church go down because a lot of things went wrong and by God's grace, it closed it down so that no harm is... so that no further damage is done. Okay, let me just say it in nicely first. Huh? Now, from that church, long story short, I was so offended by my elder. I fight him to the death because he's wrong. And yes, he's wrong. That's why the church closed down. Huh? But you know what God is teaching me? You know what God is teaching me? If I want it to close, what is it to you? I fight with God. Oh. But, but, but my elder wrong. Your words say. Oh, like Buddha I want to fight. The elder is wrong. I write. I come one time, he come one time. Worship already halfway, he come. I write, he wrong. I do all the work. I go for prayer meeting, Bible study, everything I do. He only come for meeting. I write, wrong. But God says, calm down. I'm not talking about who is right, who is wrong. I'm not on anybody's side. Joshua, I'm talking about you. I'm your personal Lord and personal Savior. I'm teaching you. If I want 
the church to close down. Nine years I was in the church. If I want the church to close down, what is it to you? Wow, my inside. Not enough fight the elder. I want to fight God. I almost, I'm this short to say, God, you don't know what your words say, man. I'm this short of saying that. You know, by God's grace, He corrected my attitude. He allowed me to go to a proper like uh, AG, proper, proper structure, proper authority. I got teaching my spirit. God put, put, put me under a very good pastor, senior pastor, which is Agape now. And God corrected my spirit. He teach me. He didn't deal with my issue. You know? He didn't tell oh, who is right or wrong. He didn't even vindicate me. Because he said, God says, I'm more interested in you. You. Are you right before me? You know? Don't care about other people now. I'm talking about you. You. Are you right before me? You know? God is personal Lord and Savior. When I allow, say, God, you know what? Your will be done. You're very difficult for me, you know. The church that I got saved in closed down. You know how heartbroken it is. Uh? Say, God, your will be done. The more I try to do, the more messed up it becomes. And I got kicked up from the church, actually. They end up, long story short, in Bible college, in the AG, now in the proper church, proper authority, proper teaching, healthy culture. Yesterday, long story short, I opened a church. Yesterday was our launch in a new premise. Do you know what God taught me? That if I continue to fight and didn't submit to God, and even wrongdoings, I didn't submit, do you think I will, God will use me to open a church? How can an angry, bitter pastor shepherd the congregation lovingly? So God is saying, Joshua, I'm doing this. I'm starting a new church in the future. I'm correcting you to prepare you for this. I'm not talking about the current condition. Why you want to fight? I'm not talking about right, wrong. I'm talking about you. Is your behavior right or wrong? Because I'm preparing you for this. And coming back, many times, there's a lot of things inside of us. And we are not able to discern what is really from God and what He is doing in our life. And we need to be very careful because we may be our worst enemy, not another Christian. We cut short our destiny, our calling, just because we forget who really is the master and what really is the mission. Our agenda becomes the agenda. And God is just a deco we put there in Jesus' name. I fight the elder because I love God. I just tumpang li, but it's not really there. You hear what I'm trying to say? I've just been very real with you and hopefully with this example, it's able to help you reflect your personal life. What is God really doing? Okay, allow me to move on. Okay, I will just leave this here because some of the things I mentioned, I already mentioned it. 2 Timothy 4.3, it says here, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desire, to suit their own offense, to suit their own agenda, to suit what they are going through, their emotions, even their wish, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. My context I didn't put up with sound doctrine. I was finding uh, which is the one that we will condemn the elder together with me. I want to hear that because that is from God. Other than that, I don't want to hear. Which is the one who tell me that is the girl? Because I already swung, you know. I already like. Which, which, I want, I want those friends who tell me that's the one. If any other good, sound advice, I don't want. Because my itching ears want to hear only what I want to hear. And this is the question I want to pose to all of us. Are we able to discern the noise masquerading as his voice?
the noise are inside all the things that's happening inside in our inner world. All the struggles, the pain, all the even be- wrong belief, everything inside. Those are noise. Are we able to discern this is actually noise and this is the voice of God and this is what He wants me to do? And sometimes it takes time to really reflect. And I'll give you uh, an example, then I'll move on. Sometimes we have received some distortion of the truth. False beliefs are not to your face false one. It sounds right because it suits something inside of us. Something that's normally is hurt, something that's happening inside, and then it sounds right. Okay, but it's a distortion of truth. I'll give you an example. Do you hear this word before? God only helps those who help themselves. True or false? God only helps those who help themselves. True or false? In some ways, I agree with you. We need to hear the word of God and then buckle up to work with God. In that sense, yes, I, I get your understanding. That is true. But God only helps those who help themselves. This is not from the Bible. It sounds right. It's not from the Bible. I was totally helpless on the way to condemnation. God helped me when I was helpless. Where did I hear this from the word of God? God loves us when we are still sinners. God did, the word of God didn't say, God loves us when we're helping ourselves. Total depravity. I'm not able to help myself. But it doesn't deny we need to work with God to work at ourselves, to work at our salvation, to be more and more like Him. That is true. So sometimes don't take simple, simple things, sound true, and then we live by it. Actually, it's not from the word of God. Okay, another example. Okay, because of COVID, that is not famous. Uh. We can worship God at home. Why come church? Ta-da! More holier than the, than the pastor. Pastor, I sound so bad by saying this. Pastor only worship God in church. I worship God at home. Is it true that we can worship God at home and anywhere? Is it true? Okay, now, now I make sure I, I will I'll give you the hint, the answer that I want. Okay, <laughs> okay it's true, right? It's true that like we can worship God at home. True, right? So why do we come to church? I'll give you an illustration to answer this. Uh. Can we eat in the restaurant? Can we eat in the restaurant? Can, right? Can we eat in the restaurant? Can, right? Why do I need to come home to eat? Because home is family. You see? Or in my church, I say this. I tell everyone online, you know, okay, in my, in my church. It is true we can worship God at home. But we cannot serve together at home because I'm not there. Other people who I only see them on Sunday, they're not in my home. They don't stay with me. I want to serve them. I want to love them. And I can only do so weekly in church because that's where I meet with them. If you think, uh, Pastor, you should do visitation. Even if I take every day I visit one, it takes 365 days to visit everybody. And my church got like now. 350, this is post-COVID day, 350. Pre-COVID, 550. I cannot. The logical way is this. Like China, ah, Chinese New Year. Okay? Everyone, sibling. My sibling, JB, one PJ, one Shah Alam, one Seremban. Everyone, everywhere, right? Okay? We can love our mother from far. Okay? But when Chinese New Year is reunion, we come back home to eat together, not because apart from my mother, I cannot love her. 
is reunion dinner. It's a time together. Sunday service like this, this is reunion dinner where we eat the Word of God together. We share the same dish. We laugh. We build relationship. We serve together and we serve one another. We can only do this when we are gathered together. That's why it's called the church. What's the church? What's the word the church? What is it? Assembly. One person is not assembly. You get what I'm trying to say? Not? The word church means assembly. This is an assembly. Because at home, no one can correct me. In church... There are people who will watch over me. We need one another. So service is like this. Can we eat in a restaurant? Can. But can we also once a while gather to eat at home? Because this is home. Or another one. Huh? <laughs> can we do gym at home? Lift up dumbbell at home. Cannot. Cannot. Can we, can we do pumping at home? Can, right? Can we also do it in gym? Better still, right? Cook got people to encourage her. Same la, Sunday service is gym. Can you exercise at home? Yes. Can you worship God at home? Yes. But when you come together, there's strength in unity. We encourage one another. You hear that? So we don't just come for service for worship because yes, we can worship at home. But we come together because we are called together. Our salvation is not just individual. Okay, maybe I'll do some teaching here. When God saves us, it's not just personal. God saves us into a kingdom. Maybe many people. When God saves us, He put us in a local church. It's a group of people. It's not me, myself, and I. Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. No, our Lord, our Savior. Salvation is not just individual. It's collective. This is why I love the church. Not because I'm a pastor, I'm a churchy. I'm from a broken home. I know the value of a group of people. That's why Pastor Mike, when he introduced me, I'm like, wow, this guy, uh, okay, like, quite accurate. La. I love people. Because people add so much value in my life. I see my mistake when I look at people. I see the beauty in people when I look at them. I see their potential. And I don't self-condemn myself so much. If <laughs> I look at the least, uh, if God can love that one, uh, confirm can love me. Uh. Sometimes I think like that, especially when I'm emo. And sometimes when I look at this person, people only see problem, but I'm able to see the potential in this person. Then I'm like, this is how God sees me. Other people only see problem, or I myself see a lot of problem. Jesus sees the potential in me. That's why I love the church. Because when we are together, we are always better together. Amen? Just in case I cannot stone, this is online, is it? For those of you who are watching online, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you will have a lot of valid reasons where you can't come back to church. Just as my church, I got hundreds of people not ready yet, but they love God and they love people and they are faithful people. That's why even if they can't, can't come back on site yet, they still watch online. For that, I applaud you. But may I also speak to you, if you feel that God is leading you home to take up the step of faith and not give in to fear, come home because you are a valued member of the family. Do what you need. Masabla. Do what you need. Spray your face with sanitizer. Do what you need. You are loved. We, we want you home. We want you not to judge you like on-site is better than online. No. But said that we value you, we miss you, we want you home. That's our message. That's all. Just in case. Because <laughs> I just reminded, what the camera there on my face. Uh, 
anyway, um, let's go to the second point. Skip the next message, go to the second point. The, the actual second point. He says point two. Yeah, yes, thank you. Now, to bring it back home, because I've spoken a lot, to bring it back home, my first point is, are we able to disconnect the noise from the voice of God? That means, are we able to remove what is false from the truth in our lives and our belief? Now, the second one is more application. And this one, I want to really drive it home. My second point is this. Are we able to connect our belief and our behavior? Then we are, if the first one is to remove falsehood from truth, this one, are we able to realign our behavior to what we profess as our belief in God? If we say we love God and love people, does our behavior show that do you know what I love about the Word of God? God simplified things. Some people say the Bible is complicated. I say no, no, no. The Word of God is simple. It can speak to scholars. It can speak to simple people like me. Can one. The Word of God is for all. You know what I love? How to make it clear. What did the Bible say? People will recognize that you are my disciple. Through what? The Word of God says this. People will recognize you are my disciple when you love one another. Simple. He did, Jesus didn't say, people will know that you are my disciple when you got the right theology, strong theology. When, when, when you criticize other Christians, you criticize the, uh, the world and you show the world how wrong they are, then they know you are right. The Bible says, the world will know you belong to me when you love one another. Simple. In this context, are we able to connect our belief and our behavior? What we say we believe is our behavior showing it. This is the more on the practical side to bring us home a little bit. Allow me to go to the next one and then uh, we, we move on. Ephesians chapter 4, I will just leave it there. Ephesians chapter 4 is very familiar, right? Every time when we read this, uh, Sometimes if we are not careful, we jump straight into this is about the fivefold ministry. Why the five? Oh, what? Uh, these are the fivefold ministry. God used the fivefold ministry to build the kingdom of God, namely the local church. You know, uh, 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 these are the fivefold ministry. There's neither why because the fivefold ministry is used to equip the people for the work of service, so that the whole church we, we serve God and then we build one another up. And there's a unity and there's knowledge, and all of us are mature in Jesus' name. Amen. You look carefully, eh? I love, when you read the context, God simplify everything. Apostle Paul, when he wrote Ephesians 4, he wasn't to talk about the fivefold ministry. It makes mention, and yes, we need to study the fivefold ministry, but that's not the main point. What was Paul's main point here? You look carefully, actually, it's a very easy one. The one I put purple color is the main point. Paul says, these are the things that God has given to you. You do everything. Like church, serve together, do another. You do all these things. Why? He says here, so that, because, the purpose is that the church, the body of Christ may be built up until when? Until we all reach unity in the faith. I love this word. If Christian, we are fighting one another, is that the unity of faith? Logic word. Let's say this is God. Huh? Let's say only, like, this is not God, this is just a music stand. Huh? Just to clarify first. Let's say this is God. Let's say, I love God 
another Christian brother love God, Pastor Michael love God. If you are going towards the same direction, we may have different church history, different life history, but if we love the same God and we grow up in the image of Christ and we keep walking towards it, eventually we will reach the unity in faith. I will see this brother here, Pastor Mike here. Say, hey, when we are more and more, if this is Christ, if when we are more and more like Christ, we all end up in the same place. Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. This is who Jesus is. And Pastor Mike will say, yeah, 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 me too. I experience him the same. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I know Pastor Michael, I and you and I, all of us are mature when we have rich unity in the faith and in the knowledge, in the understanding of who Jesus is. Then, and only then we can say, we have become mature in the fullness of Christ. The point is simple. Actually, the point is simple. Let me put it in simple English. Ah. Together, gather. Lah. That's the point. Lah. You enjoy speaking in tongue three hours a day? Okay, lah, maybe I five minutes. Ah, because I'm not very good. Actually, not, not true. Lah, huh? Maybe a little bit longer. Half an hour a day. Lah. You three hours. Hey, you, you, oh, you go missions. Ah. Wow. I, 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 maybe not mission is not my thing, but I'll pray for your mission. My heart maybe is to connect to people, to bring people to Christ. But you go for mission, go ahead, brother. Go and say, oh, sister, you love to, you, you love to remember what is important people. You care for them at a personal level. You relate with them in a way that I cannot relate. You will talk to all the uncles and the aunties that I may not even know their name. You go do that. I do my thing. You do your thing. Because at the end of the day, we all may be different, but when you're talking about to become more and more like Christ, when we are fully mature, we are like Christ. We are united in the faith. If I'm always fighting, fighting Christian, and I think I'm mature, because I'm walking in short form, I'm walking than you, that's not maturity. If in our heart, I'm better than other Christian, God says no. Unity in faith. We may have different background, understanding, or even spiritual preference preference, eh? if we are really, really mature in Christ, we will end up in the same place. Unity in faith. And that what, what Paul is trying to deliver. He tell the church, don't fight. Believers don't have division. And look at the next one, the, the next slide. Why it says, verse 14 make it very clear. If we say we are mature, that means we are united in Christ and we will do that and we won't be like, verse 14, we will no longer be like infants tossed back and forth by the ways. I mean, different teaching, different distortion, are different things in our life that, that pull us away and then we mix everything up. It says here, we will speak in truth with one another and then we will grow in every respect to be the mature church, the mature body of Him who is the head, the Christ. Long story short is this. We can say all we want to say about our knowledge our belief in Jesus Christ, our behavior must reflect it. Our behavior must be in line with what we believe. Why? Because what you believe is how you behave. Let me say this again. Huh? What, what you believe is how you behave. If you believe coming to church is important, how will you behave? You will come to church. If you believe in doing your good job, 
and be submissive to your boss, to be the best employer that your company ever hired. If you believe in that, you will behave likewise. You will perform wherever you go. Our belief and our behavior must be in line. In fact, we watch out what we believe because that's how it pulls us. Our belief in Christ, or should I say this? My second point is to connect our belief in our behavior. My point is this. As a Christian, we must have an alignment, a matching of our belief in Christ and behavior like Christ. And this is how we are mature. We are not mature because we have a lot of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are mature when we behave like Christ and we are all united in love. That is maturity. I'm not undermining our belief because our belief is how it actually leads us in our behavior. But I'm just saying ultimately, ultimately, whether our belief is correct or not, it will show in our behavior. Whether is it like Christ or not like Christ. Take note. And I just want to move on. I just got a few more slides. Very quickly, this is something I just want to encourage you to study the Word of God. I, I compare sermon and study. Uh, what's the difference between sermon and study? I mean Bible study. Um, because I, have, I meet a lot of believers, the only time they hear the Word of God is during sermon. That's all. Because they are busy, they are packed. Sometimes they are very honest. Pastor, I read the Bible, I go read. I don't understand. Also makes sense. Huh? So they are only depending on sermon no? or podcast sermon. No? But they don't read the Word for themselves. But they love God. So I told this my encouragement to them. The difference between sermon and study and why we need both. Sermon is like a piecemeal. Study is like a full meal. Why do I say? Sermon gives the word in season. A pure sermon. Huh? They give a word in season. What does the church or the person need to hear in this point in life? Sermon is very pointed. But study gives the word for all seasons. You are supposed to study the word of God. Even if it doesn't apply to you right now, maybe it's for you in the future. You know how, last time how I read the Bible, uh, don't do this, uh, this is very bad. Uh. I take the Bible, I pray, God, these are my problems. Ta, 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 ta. Speak to me, O oh Lord. I take the Bible, I flip. Then I use my finger point. This is the word. What? Nowadays, I will just read. Even if I don't understand, I will just read. This is what God says. I think about what He says. Mm. It may not apply to me in my life situation, but the Word of God is there. So that somewhere in the future, when the right circumstances hit me, I have something to go back to, draw back to. I'm equipped. Those are like my tools, my weapon. Sometimes you wait until the battle, then only you want to take the Word of God. Ah. Not there, ah. So pack yourself, pack, pack yourself with the Word of God. Keep it first. Then when the life situation comes, you got the right tool for the right situation. This is why I appreciate study. Sermons, you are packed. What do I mean by sermons, you are packed? You see right now, I need to shut up in five minutes. You see now, it's packed. I got a lot of things I want to say. Sermons, you are packed. It's, it's already prepared for you. It's a tapawa. They call it tapawa. No, like now, now you go grab, right? Very easily. The pastor do all the kung fu, all the learning, all the teaching. Ta pao leng leng, two point sermon. Nah. You only learn what the pastor serves you in the small packet. But with study, you have time to unpack. You learn why this chashu has to be like this. Chashu must go with the 
with the fana, got the oil one. The white rice cannot, must be an oil one. And then must put some veggie there, some sauce. You learn about all these ingredients. And not just how to cook chafan okay, or, 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 or this, or this, 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 this has you fun. You know how to cook other dishes from the skill that you learn. What I'm trying to say is this. You cannot rely just on sermon or study alone. You need both. Both. And God never chooses, say, I choose, you want sermon or you want study? Huh, huh. God says, you know what, take both. Take both. It's always good to have an overlap of both. Both sermon and both study. You need both. Sunday, come listen to pastor's sermon. It's the word for this season. And then when you go back, read the word of God yourself. You read, you study, you unpack. You study with a group of friends. You ask questions. So that whatever you learn in sermon, your personal study can enhance it. And what you learn in sermon, it can enhance your personal study. Always both. Sunday, as a pastor, let me say this, huh? Okay, although this is my, my rice and bowl, so to speak. Huh? Sunday service, not enough. Not enough. My, I just ask you one question, big sense, man. If only once a week you eat rice, what happened to you? If only once a week you eat rice, what happened to you? At best, huh? at best, hungry. Lah. Most probably die. Huh? Have you come to church? Okay, by the way, I, let, me, let me confess first. Uh, this, this was me, especially last year. When I go back to church, uh, inside, numb. I can do all the right thing. Worship God, Lord. Worship God. And the hand put at the heart, Lord. And open, Lord. You think I don't know the game? Open heart, Lord. And then listen to, uh, to worship leader. Worship leader say, let us raise up our hand right now. That's your cue, then you raise up hand. Lord. Outside, macam Christian one. Inside, Numb. Not even hungry, you know. Numb. Why? I didn't read the word of God. Last time I only relied on sermon, go Sunday service, or wow, listen to the word of God. Yeah, charge up, charge up. And then daily, uh, only when I remember or free time, read a bit. Mm, good, yeah. Then move on. I don't allow, I don't, didn't soak in to allow God to correct me. I just read for knowledge, but didn't speak to my heart, my spirit. Didn't correct me, didn't inspire me. After a while, I become numb. Why? I only eat rice once a week. I only eat spiritual food once a week. That's why regardless, our pastor Mike can be here, who are preaching a connect heaven and earth, nothing happened inside you, nothing happened. Especially worship, worship team, you guys know this better, right? You can pray, you can prepare, wow, rehearsal, kau kau, the guitar, worship, then you look at the crowd, the crowd encourage you by the poker face. Kasiano worship team. <laughs> Why? Sermon alone, not enough. It's good. Piecemeal are good. You need full meal. You need to go study. You need to study. Okay, let me see if I miss any notes. Alright. I think I want to wrap up because I got few, few I want to wrap up with this. This is how I want to end my sermon. I've spoken a lot, right? A lot of different things, hopefully different things will, will impact you differently. But I want to bring all these, these two points. You must learn to disconnect the noise from the voice of God, what is really true. Second, we must connect our belief, our truth with our behavior. Or should I say, our behavior must connect to our belief. If we say we believe in Christ, we must behave like Christ. That is 
That is what being a Christian is all about. To be mature in Christ, together in unity. And I want to land with this, the, the next slide. Because it's finally, my, my key verse is actually in uh, Ephesians 4, 1 to 16. Okay? I want you to remember this, bring home. Very quickly, this is the outline of Ephesians. Ephesians got only six chapters. I summarized for you using the C. Like it's not exactly there, but roughly. Okay, because some, some of them, like chapter 3, you, you enter chapter 4 a bit, but the rough. Lah. If you want to know what the whole Ephesians is about, this is a quick overview. Ephesians 1 is talking about the cosmic, the universe, how God made everything for Christ. And then, because God made everything in the universe for Christ, chapter 2, this is the same about the community. What was their Argument at the time, the Jews and the Gentiles. He's saying, you know what? Jews, Gentiles unite because the Jews and Gentiles should be, should be under Christ. Jesus is saving both. Not one is better than the other. Not Jews better than the Gentiles. He's saying that both of you come together because God is bringing everything under Christ. Chapter 3, because the community, this is what God is doing in the community by and large. This is how you should behave in the church. In the church, there should be Jews and Gentiles worshipping God together. Many races, many backgrounds, many different differences. Even spiritual preference. Everything under Christ. Chapter 4, practical one. Talk about Christian living. How should we behave? Chapter price, chapter 5, Christian family. The one that wedding, a time pastor like to use one. Ephesians chapter 5. Husband, this is what you do. Wife, this is what you do. Okay? And then the last, Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't know everything else, you confirm no Ephesians chapter 6. This is the Christian armor. Put on the breastplate or don't know what, the belt of true righteousness. Don't look quite. Then the flame, the flame of the, the sword of the spirit, okay? Wow, we know all these things. But what is Ephesians about? We can wear Kao Kao, the Christian armor. Kao Kao la. Kao Kao, huh? What is it about? I love this because Paul laid up everything. He's Ephesians. This whole sixth chapter is his thoughts. He say, God is bringing the cosmic under Christ. Therefore, the community, God is doing the same. He's bringing the community together in the church. Now that you are Christian, you are the church, this is how you should live, Christian living. This is how should you live and you should reflect in your family. And once you do everything, this is your Christian armor. But in all this, what's the main point? I love this. Actually, the main point is Ephesians chapter 1 to 16. Paul, when he write the letter, it's like uh, he bring you to the peak and then he unpack it. The peak is chapter 4. The middle, the heart of Ephesians is this. God is bringing everything under Christ through oneness in the body. How do I know? Look at the words. He says everything you do in the cosmic community church, your Christian living, your family, and you're wearing a Christian armor as an individual Christian. Everything you do is for one purpose. Paul says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Don't fight. Don't fight. Don't strive inside. Fighting with God, fighting with people, fighting with self, a lot of... Say don't. Make every effort to keep the unity through the bond of peace. And then... Paul make it very clear. Or should I say, God make it very clear to Paul. There's no division. Why? Paul make it here. See, he repeat uh, the word one and all. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called by one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all who is over all, through all and in all. 
basically God says, uh, He paukalau everything because it's the same thing. Jesus said, I want to bring all people into oneness. Because there's only one, don't fight. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Don't fight between departments, between languages, between different ministries, even different calling. I hear people say before, Pastor Joshua, you are an evangelist, but I am a worshipper of God. If I can't worship God on earth for one hour, how can I worship God for all eternity in heaven? I'm like, exactly, exactly. I fully believe, I fully believe. But you know what's the problem? I got all the time to worship God on earth and in heaven. I got only one time to tell people that God loves them. Only on earth. Only on earth. Your calling as a worshipper doesn't override mine. God gives you a heart to lead people to worship, but God gave me the heart to connect with people at their ground level. Sometimes if I go all out, I don't sound like Christian, I don't behave like a Christian, but that's how I connect with people at the ground. I will try my best to behave like Christ, but there are times it doesn't look like what other people want me to look. I say, can you be on stage and lead people and you need to carry certain image or certain aura one? Not everyone can be worship leader one. You don't believe, uh, when I start worship leading, then you know. <laughs> like in my church, my new church, I only allow, only you can worship lead and these two can. Everyone else, God has his own place for us. Gently put. And my point is this. How do we know we are mature in Christ when there's unity in the body and we behave like Christ and when we love one another? And this one is like the whole efficiency. Everything is for this. To bring everything together. And let me just show this. I've only got three more slides and I will end. This one just for you to take a look. Huh? Outline of efficiency. If you, if you look, huh? Ephesians 1, 2, 3 is a doctrinal belief. You read that, it's very theological. And I think it's important. You read uh, Ephesians 1, 2, 3, it's very doctrinal belief. He's talking about your heavenly position, who you are in Christ. Very good. And then the practical behavior is this. This is your heavenly position in Christ and this is your earthly conduct. Your belief is there, but your behavior, your Christian living, your Christian family, and your personal Christian behavior, your Christian armor, it must align with our true belief. So Paul is saying that our belief and our behavior must be aligned because there must be oneness in the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 is like smack right in the middle. That's the whole point. Our belief and our behavior must align. Must align. Study the word of God. I got to know that in your church, Pastor Wan, it's called Pastor Wan, right? He actually teach once a month, go for his teaching. Pastor Mike is doing a sermon series, right? I got to know, I think I'm just one of the things he's slot in. That's why so in line with the scripture one. He planned everything, follow. Although it's sermon series, when you put everything together, it's a teaching. Follow that. I know in your church, there's a Logos College, go for it. If you know there's another recognized church, huh? recognized one, huh? they mean legit one. Everybody know who they are and, and approve who they are. One, okay, not the funky one. Huh? If you know they have Bible study, go. Accredited Bible college like BCM, go for the short courses. Why? You need to have the correct belief first and then you will align with your behavior. Because sermon itself, sermon is good. Sermon alone, not enough. You need the word of God so that your belief is correct 
and your behavior will align with the correct belief. And this is how we are mature in Christ. And let me just end with this. And I was told, I need to say the keyword, in conclusion. <laughs> that means the worship team can start to come out already. I want to end with this. After everything that's been said and done, my whole point is this. Okay? Our belief moves our behavior. That's why the study of the Word of God is important. Because right belief leads to right behavior. First, get our belief right because it moves our behavior. And then this is equally important as Ephesians taught us. Our behavior must match our belief. If we say we are, if we say we are in Christ, we must behave like Christ. It will show in our love for God and in our people. And my whole title of my sermon is Masquerade. Are we hiding behind a Christian mask just like me just now? I know how to speak the Christian language. I know how to behave the Christian language. I know how to raise hand during worship. I know the correct answer to every question. But my point is this. Don't masquerade behind a Christian mask. Behind. This is my Christian mask. I come to church, I behave like this. Okay, I come to I go outside, I behave like this. Sometimes people like, they behave one kind outside. Man. I'll just be very frank with you, but sometimes I also like that. Okay? A mask. My point today is this: don't masquerade, don't hide behind a mature Christian mask. But unmask ourselves and say, God, do I really believe in you? If I believe in Christ, my behavior should show that I'm like Christ. So today, we are not better than one another. Today, the message is this. On-site, online, different department, different calling, different spiritual preference, different spiritual maturity even. Don't hide behind all this anymore. Unmask ourselves and say, God, this is who I am. I don't want a Christian image. I want a Christ-like behavior. I want you. It's time to grow mature. It's time to come back home. It's time to talk about the Great Commission. It's time to press on in the Great Commission. And I want you guys uh, to look around. Right now, you just look around. You can look around your congregation, your brother and sister, the young and old, male, female. Okay? Look. Church. Just show the next slide. Just leave it there. The final slide. Just leave it there. Church. This is what I want to tell you. This, this is not it. There's so much, so much more for First Assembly of God. So much more. So much more. So much more to come. So much to live for. So much passion. For those who are older, if you're longer in Christ, my encouragement to you is this. Your best days is not in the good old days. Your best days is, is in the new it's in the new days Not just in the old days In the new days There's so much more to come from you And for you And through you Those of you who are younger Christians You come church Every Sunday The same old Same old Same old And you know how to play the game Just like me I know when to raise up my hand I know when I put it down I know when to play the holy face They say God Is this why I give up my life for other people got a job, got career going overseas. Why did I resign in the first place? Huh? 
just to be invited to speak in the message I'm happy Ooh, I'm a mature Christian now I made it why did I first come to Christ why did I say God all of you none of me all of you none of me this is not enough I'm not happy I'm not happy with my current situation I'm not happy with this level I want to grow mature there's so much more and I'm telling the younger Christian your race barely started there's so much more coming for you and through you and just now I asked you to look around because I want you to look around and there must be a sense of this is not it this is only the beginning we did not come for service for each other we are here coming for gym to get ourselves trained prepared for the world for God so loved the world this is not it and I'm saying this because yesterday when I have the ceremony in Agape Nilai I felt it in my heart why did I want to so sun start a church? Ah? Let me be practical. Ah. It doesn't add my salary. It doesn't have any increment. It doesn't promote me. Most likely, I think the next 10 years, that's the church structure. What progress do you have? Stuck. By reminded, am I just happy with Agape Seremban? Own building? Hundreds of people? Five generations? structure, ministry, culture, everything is there. And I just blend in and say, this is it. May God be the glory. Or, or, God says, Joshua, not enough. There's so much more. Look outside the church because I'm working outside the church. I'm strengthening the church by bringing them out. The church is not just the call out ones. Listen to this. I know this is not my message, but listen to this. The church is not just the call out ones. The church is the send in ones. We are called out to be sent back in into the world. That's why we love sermon to build us up. We go for Bible study to build us up. But that doesn't make us mature. Or should I say, we want to be mature not for that. We want to mature for people to bring people back to Christ. That's why I told my, my church it was new. I said, this is only the beginning. Don't be happy. Yeah, now we got new building. Ah, settle in. I said, no. Build. Just as how God has worked in Agape Seremban for the past 40 years, God will do in Agape Nilai. And this is your message. Just as how God has worked in your previous generation, your history is super rich. Rich history. But can I tell you, can I encourage you one? Has your history weighed you down that you're no longer excited of God writing a new story? Is all we have as a church, the history. Or we allow God to write new story, new excitement, new people coming to Christ, new fire, new passion, new things in Christ, new people. That should excite us to go more. And that's why I'm saying here, as we want to have more of God, God, I want to have more of you, I want to be more mature, I want to be a good Christian, I want to have more of God. Maybe God is telling you, can I have more of you? As we, want have, as we have more of God, can we also let God have more of us? And the conclusion is this. Jesus, you must increase in my life and I must decrease. All of you, none of me. And whatever God has spoken to you today, I hope He will inspire you to dig deeper in Christ, to be mature in Him so that you are strong together to do what God wants you to do in this community. Amen. Thank you.